Sing along. Come and tell me, jump and tell me. Nature of the night. Oh, are we doing Rocky Horror or something? Were else? you were you a Rocky Horror? <laughs> oh yes, I love Rocky Horror. Although oh I am God. a virgin. You've never actually been to a theater showing. No, I've never been to a shadow cast. I'm dying to go. Neither neither have I. It's okay. We're total both virgins, but. Well let's, well, let's talk about that. Let's start the show and talk about that. Okay. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted podcast. Hello, <laughs> come up to the lab and check out what's on the slab. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind. Recording on Zencaster from thousands of miles apart from the comfort of my gothy lab, I'm Path Girl. And I am Dr. Boogie Furter. That's that's what I Okay, the reason I'm sorry, first off, I apologize to you, Path Girl, for being a little late, but I was watching after I did my notes, I -hmm. watched uh like it's an older true Hollywood behind the music of the Rocky Horror Picture (gasps) Show. Oh, I need to watch that. There's like twenty of them. And and the funny thing is is usually like the behind the musics are all like they were on drugs for years uh-huh. and devastated. Three band members died in a hideous heroin-fueled <laughs> drug seance fire. You know, and it's like always just misery and death. And literally, the Rocky Horror Picture Show documentary is like literally for the, the only bad thing that happened is Susan Sarandon got pneumonia. Uh-huh. Like really quickly because in the castle it was rainy and cold and they were in their underwear the whole time. Right. So, but other than that, like everything was just like joy uh-huh. and discovery and giving a voice to the outcasts and yeah. like just this, the, the amazing community. And I was on the side of it. I was not in that community. I was pretty young in, in, in the seventies. Uh-huh. Hang on just a second. I'm being knocked up. Okay. What's up? We just got uh, silenced for the first time. And, uh, <laughs> so Where are you? I the library? To, yeah. Now I have to break everything down and go to. Uh, to. Uh, <sighs> wow. Twenty-eight minutes later. Okay. So now I'm in a different place. <laughs> I was in the library, and then some crazy fucking psycho cunt uh, apparently didn't like me talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and uh, got kicked out of the library. First time, thanks, Karen. In, th- thanks, Karen. First time in fifty. Well, if they're crazy, is it really Karen? I don't know. I don't care. I'm in a mood, so yes. I just want to stay with the Rocky Horror thing because it was yes. super positive. And I think what I was saying was out of all the crappy Hollywood stories, it was so cool to just see, like, from beginning to end, this amazing story about this movie and that started as a play 
and it just turned into this revolution for people to kind of be themselves and be their sexual selves. And so even though I wasn't really a part of the movement, as somebody in this lifestyle now and in, in all of this stuff that we get for being kinky, mm-hmm. uh, I just, I don't know. It's a very inspiring, very inspiring I, to me. I'm definitely interested. I'm going to have to look that up after I get off later because that sounds like that's right up my alley. I, I bet it's right it. up your alley. Oh, yes, it is. I bet there's some <laughs> other things right up your alley. Oh. Oh, did you see that? I'm in a mood, crazy people at the library. Crazy fucking people. <sighs> the shit we go through to do a show. Yes. But that's, and that bitch is like, I mean, I got to admit, while I was packing up my shit, I was saying like, hail Satan. <laughs> Satan has voices, the voices in your head. Like maybe I was going to trigger some type of like schizophrenic <laughs> response out of her and she would get up and run into the street and get hit by a car. But, uh, you know, yeah, I am that petty, actually. Yes. Um, and then you I need left. to be that petty because what the it, fuck, dude? <laughs> whatever. She's fucking it, it was her or a number of people, but I'm pretty sure it was her. She was right against the wall. And she's <sighs> always weird when she comes in. She's like 300 years old and she probably loves Jesus. So uh, but that's OK. This show will not be stopped. No, we won't. As long as there's a Starbucks with Wi-Fi <laughs> and God damn it. Like, why should I be in a bad mood, Path Girl? Oh, no, because I know you. I'm going to give all the glory to you this week. I want to hear about your times with Mew. The time with Mew, it was pretty good. I'm going to say, what do I got? I got notes because I had to take notes because that's what I do. (laughs) Three love sessions, two play scenes, two yummy cooked meals, two baths, five cuddle sessions, a mouth raping and an awkward vaginal licking all in 20 hours. Nice. Do spill. Come on. Details. Details. We hit, we hit the, the checklist. If there was going to be, uh, you got one time indoors with a girl and especially it being Mew, you mm-hmm. got to accomplish some things. Mm-hmm. And I think we accomplished all the things. I booked the bed and breakfast. It was fucking gorgeous. It was like a little, like I was the whole time path girl, you know, I have all this anxiety and I'm crazy and stuff like that. Yes. Not as crazy as the bitch in the library, but pretty close, pretty close. Um, so I had all this anxiousness and anxiety, but we got into the place it's in downtown Burbank. It's literally a mile away up the road from the parking garage. I hang out in a lot of days cause it's, you know, Uh quiet and free to park and shady. Um, so literally we passed this house, uh, going to the hiking trail where Mew and I would catch lizards. Mm -hmm. So I know the area. I feel safe. I know exactly where this house is. The place is cute. It's done up all Hollywood. It's like all female sexy. Like this place was kind of built to fuck. Like it's a nice home. And, but I think. The owner, maybe, I'm pretty sure she likes the girls because it was literally all sexy pictures of Hollywood starlets. Over the bed, there was this giant picture of a woman in a super sexy pose, half naked, nice. staring right at you. The The painting was like the, the eyes follow you thing. <laughs> and like the door was this gorgeous carved goddess. Like there were no dudes. 
Nice. In, uh, there was a poster of Chicago, and Richard Gere was in the middle of Renee Zellweger and Catherine said, or whoever did that, the uh. other one. And uh, But that was the only dude, so it was a lot of female energy, which, of course, I love. And then uh, the place was gorgeous. They had a bathtub with jets. So oh. I filled it. I took a bath. Mew took a, I took my bath at 3.30 in the morning while Mew was sleeping because I'm crazy. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> Because I'm a fat man, and you really only need a cup of water to fill a bathtub <laughs> with a fat guy in it, you know? So so it was very easy to keep the water hot the whole time. Uh, so it was just lovely, and it was a nice kitchen, and we went to the store and got shrimp and, you know, all the things she likes for me to cook for her. And so it was very... It was really lovely. Of course, she had the same worry that she wasn't going to be attracted to me, which I'm thinking is pretty much an indication that we may not have many more of these visits. Uh-huh. You know, if she because then I show up and of course I am a fucking love God. Of course. So she can't deny it because I laid back. I'm like, all right, I'm not going to push nothing too much. You know, but she's the one like, so I'm here for you to fill my holes. Right. You know, and I'm like, okay, that's a flirt. I'm going to call that a definite flirt. Did she actually say that? Oh, yeah. She says, stuff oh, like wow. that. She's a pig. She's a cute pig. <laughs> and so, so yeah. So, of course, in, you know, she comes 400 times um, or no, she comes in 14 seconds. If you give her that Hitachi, mm-hmm. like if you want to have sex with me for any length of time, do not hand her the Hitachi. Because mm-hmm. the second the Hitachi comes in, she's like, <laughs> she makes that sound too. <laughs> and I'm like, God damn. Why do men get challenged by that type of sex toy? You could never reproduce 4,000 RPMs. Not with your dick, your tongue. Not if you shook your arm really fast. Let him have the toy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She doesn't make those sounds, but it would be funny if she did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it was very sexy. And then later, because, you know, we haven't played a lot and, you know, her she's not doing a lot of kink out there. Right. Um, so she's really into caning and she hasn't been caned. And even the times we have caned, like even when I went out there before and we did some caning, it was very, very light. But this time it was like a legitimate caning scene. Like it was me, the Rattan cane and her. And we just locked into that zone where I go from one side of the bed and then I go to the other. Cause you know, I'm symmetrical. You can't, you got Mm -hmm. to try to even out the cheeks. Cause you know, the bendy Rattan will compensate on one side. Um, uh, So that's not the right word, by the way, over, (laughs) overcompensate maybe mm-hmm. is the the right word okay so uh yeah and she never used to mark like she hasn't marked in a long time and of course oh, i wow. sent you that picture yes thank you by the way <laughs> of her ass and uploaded it only to our patron supporters little yes little, we little finally have a we have a patreon kink or patreon uh uh what's the word i'm looking for don't call it a perk don't call oh, it a perk or the yeah, tax. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Because we can't. Well, it's it's a, a bonus. There, it is go. a boner. That's for damn sure. Oh, it is. Oh, 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 oh. So yeah, so that was really lovely, and then sexy time, and it was just uh, for me. 
I kind of just stayed in my zone taking care of her and cooking and giving her the bath and the canies and the orgasms and stuff like that. Um, because it's weird for me. This was literally as a person that lives in a car. I haven't slept indoors since July 2nd. So this was the first time in, in like five months that I had been indoors for a night and it was so weird you know we got the heat working she got the heat working i'm retarded i can't fucking get (laughs) any i hand her the remote control i am so not stereotypical dude in that way i just the thing was confusing to me and i just go and i hand it to her and she's you know she's in fucking med school she can figure out anything and she just stands like a like looks like an obsessive crazed person just staring at it and i don't say a word and seven minutes later she's all I figured it out. And then she goes, boop, <laughs> fucking heat comes out. It was glorious. <laughs> she, she's the brains of that organization. That's for sure. Now I'm but, curious, since you guys haven't seen each other since July or even all the other times you spend apart, do you guys kind of fall back into that daddy little girl dynamic? Or is it just more like two people kind of care about each other? Or what kind of dynamic do you guys kind of fall back into? Look at path girl. Coming in with the interview questions. Good job. <laughs> oh, I thank you. <laughs> good job. That is a very good and thoughtful question. And I have an actual answer for that. When we get together, there is a moment where she looks at me and she's all, can I call you daddy now? And then I become daddy for the duration. And literally, Aww. it wasn't even like a big ceremony or anything. Mm-hmm. It just, I become the daddy and then, you know, sexually I'm the daddy and then play wise, I'm the daddy and cuddle wise. And then when she talks to me, she talks daddy. And then literally this morning without even saying anything, she's all, Oh, boogie about this, mm-hmm. you know? And she said something and, and that meant we were now transferring away from our visit. And so, um, so it, it, I think that worked really well. And and I'm okay with it, and hopefully, you know, I'll talk to her more, mm-hmm. you know, as we talk over the next few days and have our little, you know, debriefings and stuff like that. That uh, that that was good for her too, and and there was some moments, you know, and of course, there's all these moments because you know she talks about her mom finally understanding and being very supportive uh, and complimentary of kind of the work that I did in her life. Right. helping her get into med school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and her mom's like that. I was one of the only person that unwaveringly believed in her all the time. She had to keep taking the MCAT again, three different right. times. And that there was never a break in that support. And, and the mom actually caught on to that, which as the listeners know, no parents of most of my lovers, even know I exist right? and the ones that do know I exist surely aren't overly supportive of me or know anything about me. And here's, here's someone that over time, and of course this was after we had finished kind of our relationship portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it, it made her feel really good cause she's really close to her mom. So oh, that was nice. Awesome. And she got a little teary about that. And so it was Aww. good. It was just a, I mean, for 20 hours, it was almost just a perfect, Except for the uh, the face raping was good. 
<laughs> because uh, you got to do that. You know, I don't, I don't like coming in someone's mouth cause I like kissing them afterwards. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't like coming. Um, but, uh, I'm like, I'm going to go down on her and I kind of know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. She doesn't really like it. Right. And I'm going down because it had been so long because Bunny didn't like it much either. Mm-hmm. And that used to be something I felt I had a pretty good skill set with. Right. You know, over time, you learn, a, you know, you lick a hundred pussies <laughs> and you listen to a hundred different women tell you a hundred different ways that they like it. You know, you got you got some stuff in the toy bag that you can try out. Everyone's different. You still have to, you know, kind of work with each person. But I felt at least competent, you know. To get in there and try, mm-hmm. and I found myself for like the first few minutes, just like, Ugh, what the fuck <laughs> am I even doing? You know. And then I get what is this some, thing in front of me? What is this thing? And so it it was kind of awkward. And then Mew has like no reaction whatsoever. Huh? Like I'm, you know, she's just she doesn't like oral that much. And so a couple times she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. (laughs) And so I just stop. And she's like, I'm like, oh, is that good for you, huh? (laughs) And she's all, it felt nice. I just am not a big fan of oral. I'm like, all Mm -hmm. right, let's just cuddle. That's that's fine. So that was our one awkward moment. But other than that, a pretty pretty amazing love fest for, for Count Buggy. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys got to get some some time together and have some, some mouth rapies and all that wonderful stuff. <laughs> Patron supporter, you get to see a picture of Muse Kane butt. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. <laughs> I'm willing to whore now. Sometimes we just want to talk about shit, so here it is. A random host topic, bitches. Uh, nothing, path girl. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, we have uh, we have a little business to attend to here. Yes, you brought up a topic that was has something we've talked about quite a bit on the show. Now, then, we're going to talk about if you know somebody has done something bad, is it your responsibility to tell? Is it just the people that run the dungeon that that person mm-hmm. shows up to, or are you talking about their other partners as well? Like, say, right. so you, you know, somebody did something or somebody did something to you. And like, what's your responsibility as far as what you tell? Is that what we're talking about? Well, well, yeah. What what is your responsibility to your kink community as far as like, what is your personal responsibility? What's your responsibility to everybody else in the community? Um, and just to preface it, like, basically, we're not talking on basic, you know, talking about predatory behavior, not talking about bad male, unbad female, because I've seen some hella predatory females over the right time. But basically sure. anyone of any sex or gender doing something bad to any other person, sex or gender. So let's okay. just get that out of the way. Okay. Thank, thank you very much for that. And also, just to add, our consensus and obviously our philosophy at Perverted Podcast is, of course, we want to create the safest place that people can play and feel good about playing and experiencing all the craziest stuff they choose to experience in as safe as way as possible. And you want to create an environment for environment for that. Right. So if there are people that 
our known predators have sexual uh, assault charges, restraining orders, instances where things have been done bad, then then we know that that is not healthy to have those types of people in your dungeon space, in your community. Right. Correct. That being said, we now get to what is our personal responsibility, and that has a lot of different answers. Yes. Yeah. And for me, it's you need to break it down into what do you know and where do you know it from? Is it, you know, do you know from your own personal experience that someone did something bad to you and you tell your friends about it? Or is it something was done bad to you and you shout it from the rooftops at anybody who will listen in your king community? Right. And and that's true. I mean, first off, you you use the word responsibility. What is your responsibility? You hear this a lot from a lot of people in the community. This is your responsibility, your responsibility. I absolutely don't agree with that. I believe it's a choice. I right. don't like using the word responsibility because we don't have any responsibility. We can make a choice because there's a lot of things that have to be weighed in how you approach a situation where you have somebody who's done something bad and now you're the person that has taken it upon yourself to possibly make the choice to go let others know about it. Right. And there's a lot of things that go with that. Like you said, is this is this secondhand information? Is this information is this something that you experienced with this person? Is there a, a case involved? Was there a report filed? Is this a consent violation? Mm-hmm. Is this creepy behavior? Is this somebody, you know, if it's your situation, it's a different set of choices than secondhand information. Right. Right. I mean, if it's your own personal experience, like if something bad happened to me, I would probably go to my local friends that I know very well and say, look, this is what's happened to me. But at the same time, if I see that person who did something bad against me, just for example, it's a guy for this situation. If I see that guy playing with somebody I don't know at a dungeon, or if I see that guy is now dating somebody I only vaguely know in my community, I'm not going to feel comfortable running up to that person they're playing with and going, you know what he did to me? You know, it's just, there's only so much comfort level I have. I mean, obviously if something goes wrong in a public space, like a dungeon, I'm obviously going to grab a DM or the play space owner and go, look, this is what happened. You need to know about this. But I mean, how much you you can, there's all, you have to be able to think about with your comfort level too. It's just like, if you share with everybody, it's like you're screaming in the middle of a room going, look at this, look at this. I'm not comfortable doing that. And that I think is really important to not judge you for that. Mm-hmm. And some people feel that pressure that, oh, I have this information. This person has done these negative behaviors to me. And because you have to decide if you're going to continually relive whatever happened. And, and exactly. obviously they go through something with somebody and they're like, I just don't want any more of this drama. Right. I don't want, I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. I haven't recovered. I don't know how to deal with this. I can't really judge you for not wanting to talk openly about it and go and hit the church bell because that's your recovery. Right. And if people are strong enough that they want to step up and they have information, 
then then by all means, that is your choice, too. And of course, having a heads up about a situation is is obviously for the for the dungeon manager. That's a positive. Right. I mean, I, I like to know kind of what's going on, but I also want to be approached with some sort of proof. Or, you know, what's the credibility of this evidence? Because I've also experienced a ton of lying on the other side, and I've been the victim of it. Right. A lot of people telling a lot of stories about me that aren't true. There's no victim that's coming forward, but there's still people that believe I'm this, this, or that. So that kind of, as a manager, I know I'm all over the place. We got, I've literally recorded in two locations, and I just got laid today. So... (laughs) So throw me a bone if I'm not, if I'm all over the place on this. But in dealing with that information, the owner of a dungeon has to know that some people do lie. They lie about whether or not somebody did something. And that's why secondhand information to me is not as impactful as somebody who says they've had the experience. At least that person is in, you know is taking some ownership that uh, this happened to me. But when people come up and they're like, I heard this about this person, I may take a note of that mm-hmm. and I'll be, you know, a little more watchful, maybe put that person on my radar. Mm-hmm. But um, without proof, without a restraining order, without a pending case, without all of that stuff, it is kind of, he said, she said, if it didn't happen in another dungeon. Right. And like you could have two people who have a bad scene together and on the outside, you could think that something has gone wrong during that scene. But between those two people, everything is fine. You know, there could you could be on the outside and see something that looks horrible and go, oh, wow, you know, he did something really bad to her. But on the inside of that, that's the way they play. Just because two people play a certain way, that's not your style of kink. That doesn't make it wrong. And I have heard that before. That is a that is absolutely absolutely a legitimate thing. I have heard people complain and call somebody the top in that scene, both female and male. I have heard people say that's an un, you know that person doesn't play right. They do this. They don't take this consideration because they don't run through the same protocols in a play scene that they think they should, or they play harder and more edgier than they're willing to play. And now they want to go and and ring the church bell and say that this is an unsafe player, where just like you said, they did exactly enough that the bottom feels comfortable playing that way with them. Exactly. And now you're going to start trying to, you know, protect those that don't need protection. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 very frustrating because I've had it happen in some of the places I've been where one of the tops I play with has been accused of being like a hard player or doing stuff that was unsafe. But meanwhile, the bottom in that scene was laughing hysterically and actually went up to the DM and said, I play 10 times harder when I'm in private with him. There is nothing going on there. It's just people need to temper what they see in a scene with their own value of, okay, maybe that's not what I do, but that's the way they're, they're playing. And as long as nobody's calling a safe word or using a nonverbal signal, Leave them alone. And so that's where we get into that secondhand information. Right. And what is the motivation of that? And sometimes it, and once again, the reason this is so messy 
We have the same goal. We all have the same goal. We want people to be safe. We don't want people to be assaulted. We don't want people to be afraid to be in a public space. We don't want shitty people around that do shitty things to people. But there are dynamics involved, a lot of them. And there are a lot of different variables to information. So if you think that it's just a cut and dry thing, oh, I heard this guy's a predator. Let's go tell everyone. That's not how it works. Right. So the best thing you can do is to try to get the best information possible, the most accurate information. Does this person have uh, threatening text messages from this person or screen grabs from from shit they've said where they've admitted to, you know, do things or they've said horrible things? Is there a restraining order? Has there been a case filed? You know, those are things that at least, you know, there's a case going on. Right. But when it's he said, she said, or he said, he said, or she said, he said, or all the whatever they said, they said. There is really a difficulty because the managers of the dungeon are not detectives. That's not what their job is to be a judge, a jury, the detectives. You know, their job is to try to run a safe environment for people to play when they're in that environment. What they do at their homes, that stops when you enter the play space and you leave the play space. I, as a, as a dungeon manager myself in the past, I can't control what people do outside. If you say this person does this or this, or they had this play scene or this person doesn't like them or, or whatever that information is, I'm more than happy to take in that information and keep an eye on that person. And if they show some of those behaviors in the play space, then absolutely, okay, I have some, you know, I have some confirmation bias going on. I have a little more evidence. I can go and approach that person. If I get it from multiple sources, like two or three people are like, yeah, I've heard this about them. Yes, they've heard this. And they're different situations. I have pulled people aside who come into the dungeon and said, hey, I'm just going to tell you what. I've heard some things about you outside the dungeon. I've heard them from multiple sources. You can still play here. And, and if they're all fake and it's all a bunch of bullshit, you're going to be a great player and you're not going to do anything wrong here and we're never going to have a problem. But I'm letting you know that these are the things I've heard. And so we are aware of that. Right. And I've I mean, done that on multiple occasions to people. But even that that starts to go to like, you know, the kids game, a telephone game where it's just like I say something saying, oh, I saw her. I saw this guy do this to the girl. And then it gets spread to four or five people and you ask those four or five people and they're going to say four or five different things. I mean, it's just what what is the information the, what is the true information and what is its source? I mean, if I know something that was done to my friend, it is not my responsibility to go up to the DM or go up to the play space owner and say, hey, this is what happened to my friend. I can go to my friend and say, look, I think you should tell the DM or play space owner about this. I'll go with you to talk with them, to support them. But I mean, there, there, there has to be a boundary there where it's just like that person, as hard as it is, has to step forward. Or if not, you know, they're, they're, you can't you can only force somebody who's been victimized to step forward. And if they, they choose not to, they choose not to. And that's once once again, here's what I'm saying about the thing I just said, because once again, remember, I had a lot of people at that last place say negative things about me 
So I know they were watching me. The right. DMs were watching me. The new DMs that I didn't know were like, oh, we heard about this guy. Right. You know, so they're watching me. And you know what I say? Great. Watch Please me. <laughs> Here's my ass. Here's my vlogger. You come to the door. You have that conversation with me when we sign in. I tell you this is what I'm going to do. These are our safe words. Go ahead and talk to my bottom. They can say a couple words to the bottom. Do you know why you're here? Yes, we do. We can play. We negotiated. I I don't have a problem with them watching me extra. I feel extra special. You're paying more attention to me. Watch my placing. Do you see my fingers going in her fucking sniz? She told me I could do that. You want to smell them, motherfucker? But I don't mind because I'm not planning on hurting anybody. So I don't mind hearing information, but when people start demanding that you need to kick this person out of here because I heard this, this, and that, that's a whole different story. Exactly. If that, if you want us to kick that, that person out, what proof do you have? Exactly. At that point, there needs to be some proof. And it doesn't mean they're not a horrible, shitty fucking rapist. It just means that, a lot of people lie or they exaggerate or they don't have all the information and it's not the dungeon's job to to be the judge jury if they don't know what that situation is in the dungeon yes that's our responsibility we see those behaviors fuck yeah it's our responsibility to be on top of that well, so and people just, people yeah. leave, need to leave their personal feelings out of it because case in point, there may be somebody that I go to a dungeon, there's a guy, and he's socially awkward, or he's an older guy. And you know what? I may think personally he's creepy, but just because somebody's creepy makes that doesn't make them a predator. You know, I may get right. a bad vibe from them, but if I'm watching them play and they're being a safe player, I have to put my personal feelings aside of, oh, he's kind of creepy to me personally, but he's not a bad actor. He's acting within the the role that he's supposed to be doing and whatever he's doing with his bottom. And the, and and there's people like that and they just don't play a lot. Yeah. But they can be there. And and if you have to warn them, hey, don't hover or don't do this. And if you have to do too many of those, then you're like, you you're not going to work here. But if they're back, if they're not doing those negative behaviors, then they can be there. Yeah, it's a weird. I hate this conversation, but we have to have it, right? Because there are so many variables, and and. We don't have the truth serum. We don't have the truth ray that can just, I mean, I can't wait for the day when we're robots and you can literally go, you are a lying piece of shit. This is exactly what happened. We will now perform this. You don't have that because I've had so many people in people that lie and you're like, there wasn't even a reason for you to lie. There was no known motivation for, and they're just lying. So I've seen it so many times. It's so frustrating because this really is all about who you can trust and what information and what's the best course of action to protect people. Right. This is part of that social dance that we do. Yeah. And I wish there were better answers. And some people, 
if they hear a couple bad things, they just uninvite people. I've seen it from yeah. other parties. And they're like, yeah, a couple people just get creeped out. Because that is also, I mean, to be honest, even if someone's not necessarily breaking rules, but they just have a shitty energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if enough people complain, you run a business. Yeah. If they're vibing out and people don't want to come here, I don't really, I'm not here about all human rights. (laughs) Maybe you got to go. If 20 people don't show up, that's, you know, we just lost fucking 300 bucks to your 15 bucks because you're awkward and creepy. Right. But there's a difference between pulling somebody aside saying, hey, you know, you're kind of gawking, you're kind of doing creepy shit versus, you know, hey, you're stepping in scenes or you're doing bad things with bottoms. There's a huge difference. And I think people sure. just need to remember, try to take your personal feelings out of it and just, like you said, where is the proof? Where is the information and what is that information? I think so. I like it when we talk about this because it is awkward. And now some people are getting back into dungeons and going public again. And it's just a good reminder that everyone, the only responsibility you truly have, I believe, is to yourself. Yep. Is to prepare yourself, to protect yourself, to put things in place that will limit the amount of opportunities for people to harm you. Well, and when all else fails and you're not sure, always play in a public space where there's dungeon masters and, and, and uh, play space owners around. So that way you have that extra level of protection, especially now that everybody's starting to get back out in the dungeons again. So, Or just play with me because you know I'd never do anything bad. Gonna teach you things to do with your lover. Going to the bedroom rodeo. Wanna be a better fuck? We got you covered. Going to the bedroom rodeo. Going to the bedroom. Going to the bedroom. Going to the bedroom rodeo. We got Enigma with us now. I am here, and I am back from Texas as back well. Back from Texas. It's perfect. Bedroom rodeo, Texas, Enigma, Queening. We got it all. In this segment, <laughs> perverted podcast is blessed. God damn it, Enigma. Tell me you've had some shenanigans when you were in Texas. Now, I know you were doing some naked photo shoots. Yes, um, I was able to get a couple of really fun, um, sexy shoots there. Uh, they'll be going up on my various pages in a, uh, shortly. But uh, I also did get some sexy shenanigans as well. In Texas? Um in Texas, yeah. Oh my god, with a barbecue rib. Yes, I I just I jerked off with some barbecue ribs and it was delicious. Anyway, <laughs> they call that a um, rub, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, I was I was giving myself a Texas rub. Um, oddly enough, it tasted great after. Oh, so, wow! We went down that hole. I mean, I went down. Any oh, so oh, okay. God, just uh, tell me about the play. I apologize. This is all my fault. <laughs> I regret everything I've said up until this point. No, it's delightful. So yeah, no. Uh, th- th- this is a person I've been. It's a we've just been casually chatting. Uh, we connected through a uh, mutual like uh, uh, chat group that gets from back home, um, and we've been chatting, flirting. Uh, definitely, like we get along, and th- there's definitely been some flirting. And so we we got together for a walk, and we went to like walk around a park. And uh, if you know me, you know that I, I basically am constantly wearing my kilt. And so I was just wearing my kilt on, on our little walk. 
Mm, and smart, smart. we get to this little like thank you thank you uh we get to this little like amphitheater type thing that's like in the middle of the park and i i, I will also say this was this park was we were there at the like middle of the night oh, okay. uh, but there was there were people uh, there were other like night hikers walking around like getting their getting their steps in <laughs> and um we, we sit and we start talking and we're chatting and we flirting and like both of us kind of like inching towards each other and then she's then we start making out and it was really nice and I start playing with her her chest and she takes out her takes her tits out we start I start going down on them and then she just like gets this look pushes me back so I'm like laying back in like these stones seats of the amphitheater she throws up the kilt and she goes to town Wow! Um, fucking little enigma rock the house <laughs> rock the texas yes. stone chair oh it was it was great and what was really funny was like like five minutes before we started into that like this this dude who was obviously out there playing pokemon go <laughs> um like he walks up to our area, does his stuff, like trying not to make eye contact with us because he knows that we're like we like and we hadn't gotten into shenanigans yet, but like like he was trying to not be obvious, but he was standing right there. Um, but and then he eventually he walked off and we got into our stuff. But I was like the entire time I'm like, this is when he's gonna come back. This is when he's gonna come he's gonna back. Come back. Uh, he's all, oh, dude, uh, there's a Snorlax there. I gotta go back. Could <laughs> be a shiny <laughs> Snorlax. Oh my god. That's better than a shiny Snorlax. If if he did come back, I did not see him. I was, I mean, I was a little occupied there uh, for a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was that was unexpected, but not, um, not. It was, it was great. It was what I'm saying is, it was fantastic. That is great. So, did you uh, continue later, or was that just a little fooling around and a blowjob? And it, it was. Uh, they they have a full time job and like working, so that was like our only time to really get together while I was in town. Um, but it was definitely like, you know, I mean, I, I would say it didn't suck, but oh, it, you know, it did oh, a little bit. God, followed it up with a dad <laughs> joke. <laughs> I I mean I am a daddy, so you know it, it that it does work. Enigma, those are the types of stories we love to hear right here on Perverted Podcast. I of course shared my glory earlier in the show mm-hmm. of my shenanigans okay. with okay. Mew. So it's like, look at I, this. I'm... This is it, Enigma. This is the show that you and I both have shenanigans in the same show. That that is fantastic, Boogie. I know it's been a while for you. Mark it in history because next week it's going right back to the desert, <laughs> the desert of loveless doom. I mean, that sounds like a nice lair and a lair n- name. It it does, but uh, it's it's really a, a a place of being pathetic in the rain and drizzle. But it was a great week. It was a great week for both of us. And mm-hmm. glory to all the kinky goddesses in heaven, because now we get to talk about something that I don't think you and I have a lot of experience with on certain power dynamics, mm-hmm. but we surely do understand about having some vaginas in our mouth of tolas. Exactly. Yes, exactly. 
So this uh, article that we're going to get into, it comes from the website ericalust.com. This is one that I've uh, hit up before. They actually have a lot of really good tutorial type stuff. So if you're interested in getting into uh, different kinds of play, the website is actually a really good resource for that. Uh, but getting into the, one of those kinds of play it is this article, which is entitled A Guide to Face Sitting. Enjoy Oral Whilst Queening. Just love that. Anyway, um, so not all who like receiving the wonders of oral sex enjoy the classic laying back method. Uh, face sitting, otherwise known as queening, is the act of a vulva owner sitting on someone else's face for oral sex. It puts the vulva owner in control and gives them a lot more power. Uh, there's no right way to do it, but Erica Lust, the person who wrote this article, does give some tips. As with any play, start with the negotiation. Uh, what kind of oral simulation do you want? Does the giver like breath play with the queening, or they, do they need some space to breathe? Figure out some nonverbal cues that the one getting sat on can use, um, since a literal safe word probably won't be possible. Mom! Mom! <laughs> <laughs> And then figure out the position you, you want to smother the face and hop on. Experiment th- with this. Find the position that gives you the most pleasure as well as the face's pleasure. Main thing you shouldn't worry about is don't worry if you're too big. There are positions and there are there is actual furniture that can actually help you do face sitting uh, without worrying about, you know, killing your partner un- <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> Sorry, continue. No, I, 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 this is something that I, I, like you were saying, like I don't have a lot of experience with this. I have had vaginas put on my face while I was laying down, but it was usually like in a 69 position. Right. Um, I haven't done the full on queening or something. Well, yeah, where like the um, ass cheeks cover the face, especially if it's like it's the 69 position, but they're not, they're not sucking you off. They're just leaning their right, right. ass back in. So you have access to like the whole package. But those ass cheeks uh, cover your face. And whether somebody's little or bigger, if you sit back into the face, where the fuck Mm -hmm. are you going to breathe? So you kind of have to, you know, that's something you have to consider your logistics. Otherwise, you will smother. But once again, like you said, if you have that, you know, either a thigh tap or a little, little rib tickle or something or, you know punch someone in the mm-hmm. fucking spine a couple times if it's really dangerous you know <laughs> <laughs> what a- or like 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 we talk about like nonverbal cues in other play like sometimes uh, uh just your bottom goes nonverbal like you can have a bell you can have there the, the, there are you can do like hand signals the scarf like, other than the just, scarf like, in the hand r- right re- exactly there there are there are ways to do this nonverbally um also like i was saying with the furniture i believe it's called a queening throne or a queen's throne um you can uh, i know there are some etsy sellers that actually make those Uh, but those are something those are things that you can buy that basically it has it kind of on the top it kind of looks like uh, a toilet seat sort of situation but underneath is the harness for the person's head and neck right um to help support them while they're being set right And then, of course, you have a headboard. If you have a headboard on your bed, if you have something set up, or if you have a really strong headboard, you can also, and I've done this in the dungeon plenty of times, where there's not, like, good handholds, you can actually take thick rope and make yourself a rope bar that you can then tie it tight enough that it actually, you can pull your weight against that rope bar and give yourself the leverage you need to kind of move if you need to move. 
Right. Yeah, there, there are definitely options to, to help get into that position. Um, I I was just thinking about, I, I just coincidentally came across a meme earlier today that kind of, th- this is something that if you enjoy doing the face sitting, um, so it, it's just a text meme and I'm just going to read it because it's hilarious. <clears throat> Y'all, he was eating my pussy from the back and his nose accidentally touched my butthole. So I clenched my cheeks and said, got your nose. <laughs> Ain't seen him since. Um, just saying. Any any ladies who are listening to this who are like, I want to do this to Enigma. I just want you to know that if you did this to me, I would laugh my ass off, but I would not go anywhere. That is delightful. That is wonderful. And that is hilarious. Got your nose. Who got your nose? I got your nose. And then you wiggle a little bit. Now, <laughs> well, and here's what, like, you... I don't know about you. And like, of course, I've done like the 69 thing where the mm-hmm. the body is more flat, like they're laying across my body and they can put their weight on my body so they have support. And then I can kind of guide them back to where mm-hmm. I can hopefully get uh, the spots. Obviously, because um, it's it's fun to be a lazy pussy eater sometimes. Uh, sometimes right. I love it. When they, I just lay on my back and they turn around and they lean their, um, they put their kind of forearms against the wall and they just lean forward and prop their Mm -hmm. weight up. And then I do that and they can kind of, you know, kind of maneuver themselves in the right place. That's very sexy. But of course the logistics of the face sitting, that's where now you have ass cheek over the face and right. you need to be able to maneuver that. And if you are a, a bigger body type, then there are some logistics that are real. And you do need to have enough strength in your thighs to move yourself quickly if you get right. that tap out. I mean, you, they say all body sizes are good. And you're right. All body sizes are good. But you still have to have at least some strength or leverage to get yourself off if you are suffocating your partner right like, like, like uh, we, we talk about this in like with like disability kink like yes the technique might have to be different than say somebody who's who has a much smaller body but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy the play you just might have to approach it in a different absolutely way. and i think there's there's definitely a lot of, of ways to do that now that of course you and i i think both are on the same page i don't do the power exchange queening and that is definitely mm-hmm. a thing to where you have a lot of female dominance that face sitting is that is their power exchange. And they actually grind all over your face and you're like, you're going to do it how I want it. And blah, 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 blah. And that is not my jam because I'm not into that power exchange. Of course, I want my partner mm-hmm. to be happy and I want them to feel good, but I'm not going to be dominated in bed. I'm not a bottom. So if right. if there's going to be some sort of where they're sitting on my face, I'm still going to feel like I have some sort of control that I'm choosing what I'm doing for my partner. And that's just me. That's that's my dynamic. And it's how I choose to approach sexuality with my partners because I go for the top. Um, right. So it doesn't mean I can't have someone sit on my face. It doesn't mean I can't eat someone's pussy or do things that they like. It's just that power exchange. Cause I've had people try to grind on my face and then they get that look in their face. Like, yeah, you lick my fucking pussy. And I just poke them right in the ribs. And I'm like, no, 
that's not <laughs> what we're going to do. I'm not right. that person, and I'm not going to do that. So, right. If that's what you need, you go find that. You go find someone to do that to. Right, and, and that's and uh, like we've talked. About, like I'm, I'm definitely a switch, and this is that sort of power dynamic is something that I want to explore. But like getting into that situation, there's definitely going to be a lot of conversation about like, like you know, I'm, I'm very scent sensitive, so like I'm not going to go into. Uh, vagina that you know has been trapped in jeans all day like like if that's if that's the situation like let's go have a sexy shower first and then you can absolutely i think that's an amazing thing to point out that of course with any oral with any your face going to somebody's genitals if you're having sex with somebody and if you're Mm -hmm. well first off i'll say because you know we know hollywood daddy is very into body odors and smells (laughs) and things like that and that's very arousing for him so, you know, I'm not shaming people who are into uh, body odors and natural scents. And, you know, there's people that are very into feet and they like feet that have been walking around for three weeks and that's their high. Um, not shaming that, but it's not my kink and it's not your kink. So it is something I'm very cautious about the smells that I have around my crotch before I put them in someone's face. So so it's not mm-hmm. shaming someone like, oh, your pussy smells or your balls smell. It's like, it's just kind of basic respect. If you guys aren't people that are into those odors, then it's okay if to know that those odors can be off-putting. And so we make sure that we clean and we shower. And if we, if we pee, we use a baby wipe on the tip, you know, so they don't taste our pee. Um, you know, and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong right. with that. And if you are into odors, that's something you should negotiate. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I've I've had partners that, like, I would come home after work or whatever, and they'd be pissed because I took a shower because I wanted to smell that that Enigma BO. And so, like, you know, I I would be like, sure, I, I can, you know, hold my sh- refrain from shower until you get to enjoy it. But, like, yeah, that's something that definitely needed to be negotiated and talked about because, like, there are people that just you don't know, like no you go shower before we even hug like let's right let's have like it, boundaries are important and that sort of thing is important well it's important to me like I, even i've had people be like oh yeah i like your funk and whatever and i'm like don't care don't care <laughs> i don't like my funk and i don't yeah. like funk uh i have a super i'm hypersensitive in my senses that's why i'm so fucking mm. nuts my smell is hypersensitive my hearing my thinking my my eyes are very sensitive to light. I have a lot of sensitivity uh, to my senses. Did I just say that? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. Duh. Thanks. You're very, you're very sen- sen- sense sense focused. So for me, I'm obsessed that if I'm sensitive to your smells, then my mm-hmm. smells must be just uh, just as strong in that. So, so once again, that's something you talk about, and you find people. That either have a deviated septum or are totally into you know your your body odor, mm-hmm. which there are they are out there like we talked about. There's Hollywood Daddy, and I there there are people that'll enjoy that. Yes, indeed. But uh, so much fun, <laughs> so much fun to enjoy that. And like I said, there's so many ways to do it. The article was really good mm-hmm. to talk about finding that way that you can make it work for you and work for your partners. And once again, that's always going to start with a conversation in the beginning. Right. But get your pussies on some faces, goddammit. 
Have some fun. <laughs> so, Enigma, if people want to get a hold of us at Perverted Podcast Land, where would they go? Well, they can find us on Instagram at Perverted Podcast. They can find us on Twitter at Perverted PCast. And they can find us on FetLife. There's both a group and a page. And if anybody would like to be part of our social media, I am looking for some planted PP flags. So if anybody wants to put Perverted Podcast, one of our stickers, one of our pins, they want to draw PP. As long as it is safe for work, something that can be shared on the general social medias, uh, take a picture of it and send it to one of our socials and it'll get used on our feed. And that is the end of show 344. Thank you for listening. We are so happy to have you here. If you have questions, comments, or just want to pledge your undying love or hatred to us, please reach out to us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on FetLife, TikTok, or Instagram under the name Perverted Podcast. And if you are surprised how good this show how, how good this show was, if you want to be the wind beneath our kinky wings, or if you just was made feel better by your old kinky self, please consider donating five bucks if you give a fuck to our Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash podcast. And as always, a huge thank you to all of our patrons. Your support means the world to us. And if that little uh, uh, extra, if you want to go see Muse Butt, you can become a patron and take a look at that. You know how to get there, right, Path Girl? It's just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. Put your hands on your hips. And put your knees in tight. But it's the pelvic thrust. But I'm gonna have that in my head all night now. Well, goddammit. What a great chaotic show, and it was nice to have some potato mayhem. Yay! To not rely heavily on all the other hosts. And uh, hopefully, because uh, now I'm all horny. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, how do I keep this roller coaster going? <laughs> but probably just go back into my little car and, and shut back down. <laughs> well, if any of our lovely ladies out there want to continue Boogie's Mayhem, perverted podcast at gmail.com. That's right, <laughs> goddammit. I'm going to cut all that out. <laughs> that was show 344, Path Girl. Thank you so much. Uh, Headley, our glorious show sponsor. All of the people that make this possible. So exciting. So exciting to have rough conversations and talk about things that are awkward and uncomfortable. Like last yes. week, it was all CNC and face punching. Mm-hmm. And this week, we're talking about just the awkwardness of who the fuck's telling the truth and who's lying in a dungeon. This stuff makes me squirm, Path Girl. It makes but in a me good way. It makes me squirm every week, but it really challenges me, and that's my selfish gain from doing this show, that uh, it may not be pretty what comes out of us, but no, we're, on your behalf, listeners, we're squirming to try to get better answers so we could live a happier, freer life being our own goddamn kinky selves. We'll see you guys next week on show 345. Bye. I can't imagine water dragons on the seven seas. I can't imagine Goblins hiding in the trees Can't wrap my head around a dust storm Helping me to breathe But when I see you walk I dream you want to be down with me
everywhere I go, I seem to stumble through this portal beam that blasts me back to days when I was up to hopeful schemes. No treasure I surmise could take the place of true needs. Cause when I see you walk, I dream you want to be down with me. was blood and slipped into a dream lessons from the cosmos cooked your ego to humility the nothing that i know distorts my wants and needs but when i see you walk i still want you to be down with me down with me 